0: I fell into a ring of
1: fire. I fell in You could see it. When you kiss
2: me fever, when you hold me tight. Fever. Oh, I wish I wasn't
1: willing to the wind in Hello and welcome to Fever him Tonight we're talking... Double header, double points. I'm joined by Dave, Dale, and Cam. Hello, all. Hello. Good evening, gentlemen. What's up? That enthusiasm that you're hearing from Cam, it's because he's used all of his up over the weekend. Uh, Let's get straight into the uh, women's game. Uh, Obviously, both teams playing Brisbane. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I was way more hopeful with the women's game than I was with the men's. and I don't think I was disappointed. I think that that was a pretty tidy re-showing. What was everyone else's overall kind of view? Yeah, I think the women's team controlled that game for almost its
0: entirety, really. About the 70th minute, I think I turned to someone and said, have they had a shot on goal? And then I think Bree put one onto the crossbar and then then they scored in the last minute. And, and that was kind of the extent of their, their chances. So, um, yeah, I, think we, we, I don't think we created, you know, yeah, I don't think it was a dominant performance, but I think we're very clearly the the better side for, you know, all but five minutes mm. of it.
2: Yeah, I think that's a fair summary, mate.
3: Yeah, this didn't look particularly in doubt. As you say, I wouldn't say we dominated them, but we certainly controlled the game and, and yeah, really didn't give them much of a showing other than, yeah, um, at the very death, really, they um they didn't, you know Corbin Corbin was probably the one who looked the biggest threat all game you know a few a few decent touches early on but just couldn't fashion them into chances and and we looked not massively threatening at the other end but very in control capable of
2: keeping the ball and you know doing just enough I thought we'd composed I think composed is the best way to describe that for me there was just you're right you're right we weren't being there wasn't wasn't a lot of chances being created but we also under no pressure like there was there was just we had possession, we recycled possession well, we, we were patient in our build up play. There was a lot of there was a lot to like and a lot to like. And this isn't a game where Macy Fraser and Michaela Foster weren't firing and, you know, those two would you would expect which is quite a big expectation for a brand new player in Macy Fraser, but you expect those two to be fantastic outlets and very creative players, um, in their specific roles. And they weren't. Yet we still looked accomplished we still looked really comfortable in the game
1: uh, I, I thought it was um, quite glaringly um, uh, different in the, our ability to once we got the ball to keep the ball through our back and middle thirds whereas Brisbane especially when I noticed it on the replay the number of times their back four misplaced a pass almost put it straight to Speckmeyer a couple of times and uh, someone else picked one up as well they were absolutely profligate when they did get the ball. I thought that was the massive difference between the two. We got the ball, we held on. I, I, I want to touch on My I have been thoroughly impressed with her. I was expecting someone who was fleet of foot and took opportunities, but her ability in the air has been really impressive. Something I wasn't expecting from someone like her. Yeah, was that both her goals from from headers now, isn't it? Um, and it was <clears throat> it was very much a
0: uh, what we saw last year, right, the, the first goal, uh, you know, a uh, free, free kick and headed home. Um, so she definitely, you know, uh, knows how to find the back of the goal. Um, I think I think not long after this goal, she got she had a, yeah. She latched onto a loose back pass, wasn't she? And, and she took a shot from from outside the box. And I, I don't think she quite realised how much time she had because I think it got pushed onto the bar or she got the, hit the bar and it went over. But I think she had a chance to take one or two more touches and really take everyone out of play and, and slot at home. But I think she kind of got a bit rushed. Uh,
1: she couldn't believe her luck, really. Yeah, and
0: I, I think there was maybe another chance, I think, in the second half where there was a bit of a break and, and we t- she took it sort of out towards outside the box as opposed to trying to cut in front of a defender to, to take them out of play. So um, maybe she's used to being closed down much quicker in, in other leagues and, and she hasn't quite grasped that perhaps in this league you've, you've got a bit more bit more chance, uh, time to yeah really um tee yourself up for a, a
1: you know a high percentage chance mm. yeah I, I think that maybe that ruthlessness was a little bit lacking across the side if you want to be critical of anything um we saw Macy Fraser willing to take an early shot from outside that box a few times and she blazed a couple um she's definitely got the power and range, but it it did seem like maybe it was the time that you know you put your foot on the throat, you pass it around and you basically crush that defence to score rather than try and see if we can score an opportunistic one. Did you guys read it that, that same way, or were you thinking, no, nah, no, nah, fine, fire away? Oh, I was actually quite comfortable with her firing away,
2: more than comfortable with her firing away. She showed, uh, obviously, the goal she did score away uh, was from just outside the box, that same kind of range. Um, also, really early on, she had a shot which she, uh, which she muffed from a, cl- a corner clearance and plus a couple of misplaced passes, and she just seemed to be slightly off her game for the rest of that half, and I was thinking it might have been a confidence thing. Like, she started like slowly and poorly in that game and was trying to grow into it, giving her the opportunity to take those shots. If that's the sort of thing that will actually get her back in the game, uh, get her performance improving, then I'm more than comfortable with her taking those chances. She's proven she can take, she can score from there, so have a nudge.
1: Um I, I wanna drop back a couple of uh, rows and um talk to Dave and Dale especially. Um Brianna Edwards, she's uh sorry Cam, you're not renowned for your hands. Um Brian Edwards uh slotting in. Um she's a she's a quality keeper really, isn't she? She's she seemed to be pretty accomplished, I thought.
3: I mean are you only realising this now? I think I think we've seen that for a while you know no no she's she's certainly very competent at this level um and yeah I think it's shown she's a relatively safe pair of hands I think if you were going to be critical of of anything this game though I would look at how we were defensively I think we could talk about how maybe we weren't ruthless enough up top but you do look at the game which we controlled and, and you'd think we should have come away with a pretty comfortable three points here but there was the goal at the death. And a pretty solid chance before that, that Bree obviously gets a hand on, goes into the bar, but easily could have ended 2 all here. Um, and that wouldn't have been outside the realms of possibility just through a little bit of uh, defensive lapse there. You know, you had the game well under control and up the other end, you, your strikers have got to away. Maybe they should have had more. But you probably needed to see this out in terms of defensive effort as well. I think I think she made some fantastic saves and I wouldn't be critical of, of her particularly for it. But if you wanted to be, you know, that chance that she pushes onto the bar could easily have gone in. And the goal that does go in, you could say she's beaten at the front post. I mean, it's a fantastic strike into, into the roof of the net. But if you want to be critical of things, there is a little there that you should say we should be closing this out, but I don't think you put that on the keeper at all. I think I think Bree's doing a fantastic job and, and is very competent keeper at this level, but I do think maybe the defence need to look at how they keep a clean sheet here, because they probably should
0: have. Yeah, I think um, I think yeah, Edward's transitioned to her first game seamlessly, didn't she, I think? Um, looked, yeah, in the same kind of form as she's she shown last year. I think. I think she looked a bit more comfortable eerily, I think, in this game. Um, I think she put away a couple of punches and, and looked just a bit more more comfortable uh, with that. And, you know, I think it shows that, you know, having two keepers at a fairly similar level is, is quite helpful for, for circumstances like this because, I mean, who knows how long Foster's out for. But, um, you know, the drop-down is, is not much um, at all um, and, you know, didn't really do anything wrong. I think days has been very hard to say that... Um, that she got caught yeah. near post. I mean, if any, any shot that's on un- the underside of the crossbar, I don't think many keepers have got any ch- much chance um, with that. Um, but yeah, I would just go, I said, I guess defensively, I guess you're always going to have, you know, teams are always going to have at least one or two chances, very rarely you're going to go through a game without any chance. And I think, you know, we've conceded two goals in, you know, three games, I think that's not really much to be to you know, to complain about too much, um, you know, one of the beat against, you know, Melbourne City, which was a, you know, a keeper, i um, say a hell of a keeper mistake. Um, and, and one was in the last minute when you turn 2-0 up. Um, you know, I don't think that's the, the worst thing you could have for the, after three games.
1: I, I, I want to pick up on something Dave said about the defence. I thought they were all pretty good. The one person I thought, I vastly overplayed her hand a couple of times, it was... Uh, Marissa Beer. she did some really good things, but there was two, maybe three times she took the ball into contact um, as kind of the last defend, as the last uh, player, and got caught. Twice she got away with it, and once she didn't. Um, I, I is it do you think that this is a temps tactic to be um, for that for those back four to be? Taking the ball up, or is this just a bit of a a brain fart? Oh, look, I, I think it's. I
0: think it's no. There's no doubt that we're we're looking to play the ball around a bit more than the season because I think yeah we've got the the personnel to do it. I think yeah you know, that always leave yourselves a bit susceptible to you know, a bad touch
1: or a misplaced pass or a you know a bad decision at times. I, I'd expect the pass for sure, but she. She took it into contact. She she was moving the ball up by herself. That I found really weird. It doesn't seem to be, one, her strength, and two, it didn't doesn't seem to be the temp's way to me. I have always thought of his teams as aggressive and willing to pass the ball out from the back and play those aggressive forward balls. But I don't recall any of his teams ever just deciding to kind of like throw caution to the wind out at the back. Is it is that? I mean, but also, I don't. I haven't seen a lot of Marissa Vandermeer. There was obviously last a bit of last year, and then this year. Is that just something that she does, and normally normally works okay, and this is just an off day?
2: Well, I think you'll find if it wasn't a tactic, she won't be doing it next week. Yeah, because Tims will be on top of that. <laughs> so let's wait and see. But again, I'm I'm okay. Like I, they they the They've shown they're going to play with a lot of attacking intent, and that's been very clear that they want to play a brand of football which is enjoyable to and, and, and enjoy to watch, and will bring you know uh, bring victories, bring crowds, all of that you know whole package of football positives that you want to express. So, yeah, I've I've got no issue with someone who's showing a bit of intent to be creative, even if it's you know driving out the back. You've got. Kate Taylor playing as a DM and Kate Taylor can more than easily drop into the central into central defence with anybody that was playing out, Grace or Chloe, whoever was actually playing at eight, more than capable of dropping into six if she gets caught upfield. So I've got no issue with her driving through there. But I say, if, if Thames doesn't like it, he won't be happening next
3: yeah, week. Yeah, and I think it, it's a symptom maybe of one thing that Thames does like to do is he likes to get his teams playing with confidence. You know, he, he does like his player to be his players to be confident with the ball and and feel like they can express express themselves a little. And it may just be a symptom of of that, of, you know, telling a player to have some confidence to back themselves and go out there um, and... Maybe have put themselves in a couple of bad situations. I don't. I don't remember specifically those times with Vandermeer, but I do wonder if you know when you've got a youngish team who is playing well and you're telling them to be confident on the ball and and you know not be afraid to try and play out from the back that that confidence may be bubbled over into trying to beat a player that shouldn't have been shouldn't have been tried right. So I think Cam's spot on. If that's not something that's actively a tactic and just was that kind of. That confidence creeping in, maybe a little too far. I'm sure it'll be uh, ironed out over the week.
1: I've buried the lead somewhat there with, um, uh, Cam, you mentioned Grace Wisniewski. Uh, what was it? The sixth minute going down with a, um, a clash, I think with, was it Yallop? 19 um, seconds. Was,
2: not, oh, 19 yeah. seconds into the game. She was off in the sixth minute.
1: Yeah. So it was, yeah. That was not good to see. Um, the way the team seemed to recover, obviously Chloe not being a relative um, easy, re- obvious replacement, I thought was good. But, man, it's not good when you see uh, football players go down like that, stay down, and, yeah. Um, do we know what the injury was in the end? It, I mean, I'm guessing it's kind of a medial. No, I haven't, uh, I haven't heard, mate. Um, I do know she
2: was in a moon boot. Um, well, not a moon boot, a um, a knee brace when she came back out and had crutches, um, at the end of the game, um, so that was like everyone could see that that was clear and uh, um in front of the crowd. So uh, I haven't heard any diagnosis beyond that, though. But she, I so say, she was all up and mobile, but she was braced and head crutches. So it's at least she wasn't um rushed off to hospital, you know.
0: ACLs are usually diagnosed quite quickly, aren't they? Like you usually get a uh. A know, yeah, A press release from a, a club like within two to three days, and we're up to Wednesday now. So I, maybe my initial fear is that it's an ACL
1: maybe subsiding with each passing day. We don't hear anything. I didn't think it was ACL because she had her knee bent and didn't hyper like it's tends to be that hyperextension that does the ACL. I thought she got a knock straight in the side, so it's either the exterior medial or um, it's twisted the other way and got the interior. So, I mean. As much as, it, you know, I don't want to downplay, it, you know, a medial ligament injury is, is, is kind of the better case scenario than an ACL. As someone who obviously made a big, repl- you know, has made a quick recovery from her ACL was uh, Flea. Finally getting on and getting a bit of football wearing yellow and black. I mean, this has been a season and a half coming, right? Yes, it's fantastic to see her out um, and showed the class
2: that she has. Instant impact in the game. Just as a, beside her uh, obvious class in the finish, uh, and the goal that she scored, her ability to pick a pass, pick a player, she's a, a very complete central midfielder. You know the 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 range of passing, the range of defensive skill she has. You can see she's played at a much higher level, and the, she brings with the the requisite skills to play at quite a high level. It's um, uh, she's going to be such a hell of an asset, not just the way she can play now but the influence she's going to have through that dressing room and on those young women uh, over time is going to be fantastic
3: yeah i think you can you can you know analyze the goal and talk about that all you like but i think the the thing that looked more promising for me was just yeah that the touch and the vision and all of that is clearly still there even after a significant amount of time out um she didn't look off the pace at all, you know, she looked ready, ready to play at this level for sure and, and probably at a higher level too you know, I, I don't think we've seen the best of her yet, obviously fantastic goal but that was just one moment and what I thought was a pretty complete performance on her, so I think um, there's a lot of positives to take from that in terms of um, stepping back in and, and being at that level already
1: Yeah, I think that's valid you know, obviously fitness won't be top-notch just yet, not getting the minutes in, but to but come on and, and look like she's not she's not short of a gallop is, is pretty tidy, I reckon. Um, yeah, she's uh, that finish, though, Jeepers, let's not downplay it. That was a cracking one. Uh, I, she obviously doesn't have a tremendous amount of confidence in their left leg but damn, that right one's worth a crack. But no one knew that, right?
2: And so that shot back was fantastic. And and uh, sold what was it two defenders that she sold on it? Oh, that was that was class.
1: I mean, really using manoeuvrability that she's got, right?
2: Yeah, quick turn about
1: three three or four
0: defenders out of out of the path, and then just um, I think she took the most difficult angle of the shot. I think yeah, back nearest post rather than just laying it into the into the back back post where the where the uh, the angle was. But yeah, I mean came in like like Bree came in, yeah, seamlessly fitted in and, and looked, yeah, a quality player and shows, I guess, the depth of the of the midfield that we've kind of got this season, doesn't it?
1: Well yeah, you, you make a very interesting point. I mean, obviously M Maniah Elliott uh retaining her starting position. I think that this that's showing a lot of faith in her. Um, very young, very inexperienced. Um and there is a raft of other players that could play in that position. In the same way with um Foster as well being uh over Hope Breslin, Teams doesn't mind backing young and experienced players. Well Foster wasn't an over Breslin. Um Breslin plays much higher up
2: the field than Foster does. Foster's a left back Breslin's much more attacking, much more of a wide wide winger creative player. Um but yes, he's he's not afraid to play it was it the, the adage, right? You, if you are good enough, you're old enough, basically. And he's just gone. All these these players are good enough. They know how to play the system. I like. He's obviously coached some of them at a, at a younger age as well, so he understands the capabilities that they have.
1: Even the um, confidence to to switch Mani Ralliot when he made the substitutes later on. I, I think that that kind of speaks volumes as well. He he, you know, backs their flexibility.
0: Yeah, not long ago in Breslin sitting on the bench. Yeah, you know, that's
1: firepower. That could
0: quite easily be a yeah, they could quite easily be, you know, you could make a very easy argument that those should all be, you know, they should all be starting. So, you know, to have lots of options and, you know, if Wisniewski is out for, you know, a sustained period of time, you know, we got more than enough to, you know, to cover. Um, It's not like, you know, previous seasons where, you know, once we got below the sort of top 12 or 13, it was a bit of a struggle, you know, to find, you know, experienced
1: players to fill the void. I would have said, Previous years, it's been finding more than ten sometimes. Um, but you make a good point. Not Longo and um, uh, Breslin all sitting on the bench at the beginning of this game. That is that is a pretty substantial uh, bench. That goes very deep.
2: I, I also I also like the flexibility that Davidson and Breslin bring you. So they could they both can play on the right and on the left. So that not just creating effectively a complete change of shape and a complete change of creative direction as well because you can switch them out as, as necessary. So the depth is great. The ability to play, not not necessarily utility player because they're not, but they are just capable of playing equally well on either side as you need them to. It's um it's a fantastic place to see the team after three games when it's not something we're used to seeing from the women's team at all.
1: I want to talk to about Kate Taylor for a bit because she's one of the players that's kind of impressed me the most with her ability to adapt. I mean, I knew that she was a good centre back, and I knew she was strong uh, and reasonably quick and very calm. But um, what do you guys think about her ability to come up the pitch? She she has she seems to me like she's actually being not just someone that just sits right in front of that back four and screens her, her ability to. There was a couple of times where she drove the ball forward really nicely, made a couple of good passes. Is, is it just me? Have I just been not not seeing the skill set she's got? I think she's got the natural
2: attributes for a six in her size, her preparedness to tackle and being comfortable in a tackle and comfortable in contact. Um, and as a because she because she's one of the larger players on the field, she's going to be one of the stronger players on the field. And it just no she. Can make that six position on her own, but she's a footballer, she's more than prepared to make a pass, and she's I think she's shown over the last two years that she quite possibly can. The difference being, we didn't have the same kind of ball or the same kind of go forward we've had in the last three games, so perhaps it's just that the skills and ability have always been there. She's just having more of an opportunity to show it now. She's also playing six, so that little bit further up the field not as under pressure. She's not just necessarily got the pass to your fullback, pass to your centre-back partner, pass to your six. You know, I mean, there's the, her influence being that slightly further up the field, she has more options in front of her and necessarily behind her to make the right choice and ex- execute the pass. So you're just probably
1: seeing it because the opportunity is there now. Going forward into that next game, uh, which will be at Jerry Collins Stadium, Roy versus Weston on Sunday at 4pm, what do we think of the the work ons? I I am genuinely struggling to to see any any substantial work ons. It just seems to be tighten up this. That. Do you guys see anything that's that's you know a definite key marker?
0: I'd like to I'd like to see us create a bit more a few more clear opportunities inside the box. Like I, I think if you think of of our goals, um, yeah, a couple of set pieces, a couple of long distance goals, a um, couple of fairly unforced errors from Western Western Sydney are, are still struggling with it, are sort of creating sort of, you know, really high chance, high percentage chances in, inside that sort of, you know, penalty penalty spot and closer. Like I was just looking at our sort of uh, entries into the box. We only like went into the box like 11 times that game. Um, Brisbane over twice as much as us. So it kind of highlights that we're kind of good getting forward, but we're kind of not getting past that. Sort of defensive line that sort of sits on an 18 yard box. So, the more we can create high percentage chances, the, the, the easier it is to take them right. We're not relying on a little bit of brilliance from Longo or Fraser to, to break a deadlock.
1: So, in one word, you're saying patience?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think perhaps, you know, at times we sort of get into the attacking third and go, right, I know you need, to, need to get a, go, uh, uh, a shot away here rather than I think a couple of times we've broken. And you know we've had an overlap or had numbers, and we've kind of rushed it and rushed for a shot rather than trying to draw in a defender and, and you know and, and create a better chance. So I think, um, yeah, but that's being very sort of nitpicky. I think you know defensively we're looking very sound, midfield looking very sound. I think like the the bit is to start you know scoring uh, not not so many kind of outrageous goals and a bit more you know uh,
3: clearer chances. Yeah, I think I think it's exactly right. I think the the results we've had so far show we can be pretty composed on the ball, we can control the game a little, but we need to make sure that we actually control the result as well. I think we shouldn't be relying on low percentage worldies to win games, you know, with with the control we've got there, we should be able to manufacture good quality chances and score some you know, some tap-ins or some some easier goals than that from high percentage locations, um, rather than relying on those lower percentage ones. So, you know, obviously, I was being a bit, bit tongue in cheek before um, regarding the defence, but I think there is something there as well, and that we need to see out these games. I think, you know, we need to we need to get those high percentage chances at the other end, but we also need to, you know, tighten that up at the back. We're doing we're doing enough there, but also against some pretty Insipid's probably a bit harsh, but you know some some not so strong attacking threats. You know we're not dealing with with them creating a lot of chances enough, having to scramble. If we're up against a side that has that kind of attacking penetration, and we're up against something, we might see some goals conceded, I guess. And we need to make sure we're also got the metal to see see off that threat as well, because we are making you know little niggly mistakes there at the back against sides that don't look like they're offering anything going forward if you offer those same niggly mistakes to someone with a bit of attacking edge they're going to put two or three past you and we need to we need to make sure that stays tight and you know keep those clean sheets in games where you should be and limit the damage in the ones where you know you're up against someone a bit stronger and we look pretty solid there but if we if we're going to criticize anything that that's i think where it is is those two points
2: I agree with both of those points. Um, the goal that Western's, uh sorry, Brisbane scored on the weekend uh, derived straight from a uh, defensive error. Right, we, uh, we're given given it away, and under pressure in our own half, right on top of us, they're broken and scored. And there weren't, there were some, as you say, some smaller errors creeping in. That was the first glaring one, and it cost us well, because the pressure we were under late, it could have cost us quite a lot. Um, so and yeah, the um, you can't rely on weldies, and we've scored a couple of them uh, so far this season. And if we um, if we're going to win against teams like Melbourne City, we're going to have to be clinical in front of goal and create those high opportunity ch- high opportunity chances, which we just haven't been doing so far.
1: As far as the personnel that we uh, expect to see out there. Is is there, um, is this time for Flea to start, or is this uh, another game or two just to get, you know, a bit more running in the legs? It just depends where she is in her recovery plan, right? So I think if she, I think she will
2: start, um, particularly with Grace Wisniewski being out. I think she will start if she's got ninety minutes in her legs, but we don't know that. So we'll have to wait and see. if she doesn't have ninety minutes in her legs, then I think we look at probably Chloe not coming straight in um and playing uh, playing the eight roll with um, Macy in front. but um yeah, we'll have to have to wait for Sunday. Um the bigger question I think is whether you start hope Breslin again on the wing um, like what what's that front third actually I think the back four probably picks itself, but the front third seems to be where temps has shown he's prepared to make. You know, big calls because it was a big call leaving out one of your uh, main uh, import players, who is obviously very creative, very good footballer. So, um, yeah, it's hard to know, hard to know exactly where that's gonna where it's gonna fall. Yeah, it, it's interesting
0: that Brisbane didn't start. I I wonder if it's more tactical than anything. Like, I, I can't pinpoint to say you know she's had she had a bad couple of games and didn't deserve to play. So, someone who knows more about Brisbane's game and stuff maybe noticed that perhaps um, Elliot or, or uh, Main had it, had it been an opportunity to expose some weaknesses there, but yeah, uh, I think I think I think not probably probably starts just for fitness reasons. You know, uh, Western United. You know, um they win the season last year or, or at least made the final? They had a draw with Melbourne City last weekend, so you know, they're there or thereabouts. And this will be a really good test for you know where we are likely to sit in the in the stand. Uh, you know, coming into the season, I think on the front face of it, top. After three games, and it's very really doors, cool. so we're looking like a top six side. It's are we, uh, how far up are we? Like, if, if we get a good result here, maybe maybe we're looking top three or something. But I think this is probably a good uh, yardstick after a few rounds to see um, where we actually are uh, compared to some of the traditionally better sides in the league.
1: The Knicks, the Wahenix sitting, uh, third, uh, six points, uh, nice plus three goal difference. Uh, Western United sitting in sixth. With four points, negative one goal difference, Um, yeah, I think that Dale's probably right here. This is kind of one of these ones that you've that Temps is probably setting as a benchmark. We've we've got to be beating these teams if we want to make those playoffs. I I realise it's early to be starting to talk about playoffs, especially when it's at the previous season's wooden spoon. But based on what we've seen, we haven't looked out of place playing anyone that includes Melbourne city who's sitting um, second, I believe.
3: Yeah. Well, I I think you're exactly right. I think it's, it's hard to know in that, that women's league who the best teams are every year. You know, you know, there are some sides going to be there or thereabouts, but it's not till you've got a few more games into the season where you start to see a Melbourne city run away with it. Um, So at this point we're, we're well in the mix and, you'd think Western will be a good side but it, it, you know there's so few games being played so far it's really hard to know you know there's a lot of churn around that league of players just moving between clubs and some new imports who often come in that we don't necessarily have that good a knowledge of their their pedigree or how they're going to go in this league so i think the the league is still kind of settling a little, but we're certainly in the mix. And as you say, this is yet again another test of, of where we're at. I think Brisbane are also sitting up in that top part of the table and you know, we look to control them pretty well. If we do that again this week against Western, you'd, you'd have to say where if not, solid contenders, maybe favorites for a playoff spot, which is, as you say, crazy to be saying about a wooden spoon team previously. But it's amazing what a little bit of depth does. Um, You know, that's often where the big difference between first and last in in both the men's and women's leagues are. is not necessarily the quality of, of the starting 11. It's really that depth and how lucky you get with those injuries, you know. We've got more depth this year that's fantastic, that's a good start, but it's a long season and those injuries can cut that depth off at the knees. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, we've got one injury cloud already, how that plays out. But yeah, take each week as it comes, I think, at the moment.
1: Good. It's uh, an uplifting thing to finally have to say um, when we close out this women's game. Obviously, um, just repeat the the playing time. Sunday, 4pm at Jerry Collins Stadium in Poro.
3: Well, I think I think talking about the game out there as well is is interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what uh, the atmosphere is like, what the crowd numbers like out there. There's a lot of kind of unknowns with this one, but I think they could be big positives as well. I mean, obviously, a few thousand people in Sky Stadium is uh, you know it's really hard to get some atmosphere going in there. But the the fever zone has reasonable numbers in there. It's it's lots of the most vocal people and. Getting us in a in a smaller stadium with more like uh, a fifty percent plus capacity in there will be um, a very different proposition and a very different atmosphere. So I think I think that could be fantastic, but we'll just have to see how that pans out and how the matchday experience is there. But I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think it has
2: some um some massive upside potential. You get uh, you get some numbers in that grandstand. I think you can make a decent amount of noise. Eh?
1: The obviously with a um sitting uh. Currently third, you hope that there's some enthusiasm built for that. Uh, let's roll on uh, to the uh, men's game, so that we're not keeping uh, Dale up all night editing the uh, second game in the double header. Unchanged lineup, not the best start. Uh, I hadn't even made it off the field. My son did the coin toss. Um, we were. Just about to go up the stairs by the time they scored. I hadn't
2: taken a frame in the game. The last frame I have is your son standing with the uh, with the refs, and then by I, before I got into position to take photos of the game, we were behind.
0: It was it was impressive that we kicked off too, <laughs> which I which, like, and I I was watching the replay last night. And we actually had a chance before their first chance. Like, I think the football falls to Kryev at the edge of the box, and he kind of just scuffs a shot. And I'm like, I still don't understand how they still got down the other end of the field and scored within 34 seconds or whatever it was.
1: They did progress it very quickly up that right. I mean, they were trying to do that all night, Um, obviously trying to pick on uh, Lucas Kelly Hill. To be honest, I thought he did a reasonable job, considering the pressure he was under and that, He's 19 and doesn't play left back, apart from for the Phoenix.
0: Yeah, I think it was fairly obvious that um, they were trying to target his side. I think some point late in the second half, I think they showed that graph of you know how much it goes down different thirds of the field, and it was something like close to 50% down the down their right hand side. So I think um, I think they would have seen you know um, that he. Has struggled at times this season. I thought he had a pretty reasonable game in the weekend, but um, yeah, um, I suspect he'll be he'll be targeted for a few more games to go at least um, until he you know, shows a bit more uh, consistency across the, the
1: full game. Um, again, playing that um, rather unusual uh, triple six formation in that midfield, how did you think that that kind of played out? Uh, in comparison to the last couple of weeks. I thought it was decent, mate. I thought we
2: showed uh, really good retention of possession um, along with the attacking intent. Uh, it's certainly being able to hold the ball in there and draw, like invite in the high press, which is effectively what he's doing. It means you had a lot of space for a quick switch to your fullbacks, which, he did a, which we did a lot. And we had uh, Costa and Lucas and Tim Payne running down those wings constantly and getting into space and getting great yards down those wings. And when they did have a man on, they'd go back and recycle and go back through the sixes and invite the press and you could switch it again to the other side and go. And it worked. It worked brilliantly for getting those players in space and then for creating opportunities for what is a couple of very creative and clinical players in the middle.
1: Yeah, you're right. It was a very, very specific tactic of... Those wide wipers kicks out to Payne playing very, very high. Um, he was probably getting a nosebleed up that high.
0: Yeah, it's was, it was interesting in that sense that it was quite a different approach than last week, where um, any sort of goal kick, you know, Paulson was taking it and playing short to someone on the corner of the six yard box, and it, we we're trying to play it through the press. I think for a prison, they're they trying to press through a. F- basically having four people along the 18-yard box, so the ability to do that is, is much limited. So what you saw is Paulson throwing the ball to Wooten, who would then take the goal kick back to Paulson, who had the better, obviously, long passing game to try find those pockets of spaces in the middle, and it worked, um, for the most part, reasonably well. We were getting some, some territory that way. Um, a couple of times, I think, we struggled in it. I think uh, ended up to to know worse having having absolute blast. Oh, um, yes, he lost his freaking mind <laughs> when he got part, partially charged. Charged down, it led to a corner. But um, yeah, it was just I guess the our, our slight change in tactics to counteract what Brisbane were doing. I think yeah, for the most part, it, it it worked.
1: The the people that seemed to thrive in the that early stage of the game to me were actually the. Uh, it felt very tough going for the that kind of back defensive unit, the the triple sixes and the back four. But I thought that Costa um, looked a lot better, and um, and we saw a lot more of um, Cry of doing what he'd been doing previously, and dropping back into those pockets, finding those spaces. Um, did you guys? How did you guys feel about um, those two guys? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the, the three sixes allows that for Crave too because it's
2: inviting more players to come further forward. Again, inviting that press. Therefore, he's there should be more pockets of space around the 10 area for him to fall into. And it works well for him uh, for getting on the ball and being creative. I really, really liked it.
0: Yeah, I, I think the, the three holding midfielders or yeah, midfielders, also helps the fullbacks getting higher, right? Because it allows one of them to, to drop back to, to cover some space, you know, whether it's one of the wider players dropping back to a fullback or, you know, um, Rufa dropping in between centre backs to give a bit more cover. But I think, it I think, as you say, I think it helps Crave because we're playing those diagonal balls kind of out to advanced fullbacks, which gave us a bit more sort of forward momentum. It allows Crave to get on the ball in a bit of space and start running at players. Um, and and I, I think I said last week, yeah, you know, that's that's his game. I think is is running from halfway into dangerous spots and and making defenders have to make a decision, and that's how it's led to his goal. Right, he he picked up ball quite deep, drove forward, defenders didn't know what to do, and he just
2: you know sidefooted into the into the far net. Costa, I think, has had a change completely, that uh, in like a new lease. You know what I mean? He just seems like a completely different player. Like a, with the, with the space that he's had uh, in the wide. Left channels because of that again that uh, the way that we're playing further back, he's again able to run at players, be creative. I think he's got at least one assist out of the game that we played. He might even have had two, um, and it's a, it's a he's not there yet, but it's certainly you know inklings of what Costa could do when Costa was at his best. Um, he if he can drive. Again into the box, uh, his quick pe- his quick feet with his pace. He's obviously not as quick as he was, but if he can if he can start getting that confidence level back again, he's a hell of an asset to have. And this is kind of, I'm hoping it's like the first step on the way for that for Costa getting back to being Costa.
1: Someone that did have a very, um, shall we say, interesting game, uh, slightly behind him. Nick Pennington. We're seeing him getting further forward. I, I'm struggling with him. Like, I, you all know I'm not his biggest fan. But I'm finding him even more frustrating now because he's showing these glimpses of good things. And then he, th- you know, it's rocks and diamonds like Jan Sass. He just does something great. Like, I think he hit that volley earlier on. That was beautiful technique. And he's actually done really well just to make contact. But then just walks straight into a tackle. And I, I, I struggle. Uh, Are you guys seeing an improvement? Are you you finding the same frustrations?
3: I mean, I think the frustration has
1: always been there. But
3: I I think the thing that you're probably hinting at, I guess, is I think the balance might be shifting. I think the the silly mistakes were probably more glaring before and there were more of them you know just the the under no pressure passing it straight to the opposition situations or you know running into running into a tackle and losing it and you know he's he's always had decent stats around things like regaining the ball and that kind of stuff but I think it used to feel very painful because you'd watch him give it away and then win it back and you know you'd you'd see people talking up his stats of, you know, winning winning the ball back. And it's like, well, yeah, but he gave it away. So really it's a net zero. But I think possibly because I would say the balance in his game is shifting. I think we're seeing more of the positives now that that same frustration that had crept into all of our minds is there and we kind of are like, you're doing really good stuff now, but it's still not quite right. Um, is probably just because of that attention we've paid him historically. So I think, I think, for mine, he's getting a bit a bit better, which I am um, I'm here for. But I do hope that we see kind of some breakout games where you know he's getting these good chances, he's hitting good volleys, he's doing doing lots of stuff right that honestly he should maybe have some goals by now. You know, he had that chip the other week, he had a good volley this week. There's there's the header that was almost a certain certain goal that he's been a bit unlucky with, and maybe if those start going in, we might see a a 5-10 to ten goal season out of him, which you'd have to say is quite the turnaround from the criticism he used to go.
0: 10-goal season? Whew, holy hell. Um, I, th- I think he, he is getting into that kind of, that Tim Brown kind of mould, like quite a box-to-box yeah. box player. Y- you sometimes only notice the bad things, not the good things. Um, and I think, you know, Tim Brown used to get a lot of criticism for being like the invisible man, but I think he knew his game so well that, he knew exactly what to do, and he did it quickly, and you didn't yep. even notice he'd done it. And I think Pennington's kind of getting into that into that mould. I think if I compare him to like Alex Ruff, I think Alex Ruff really knows his game. He knows what he is good at and what he's not good at, and he doesn't try to be what he's not good at. Like he he knows he, he wins the ball and he gives it to the next person who who plays better better football. You know, and occasionally he'll play some decent balls over the top. I think Pennington's part of Pennington's thing he needs to get is is to work out what he's not good at and to stay away from doing that i think that's the kind of the mistakes that we're getting away yeah. from like he can he can he can win some good tackles you know do some good in steps. some of his passing's a little bit erratic and i think i think for the most part he's getting better at that i think some of his decision making is, is still a, a bit problem like i think you know that Dave you mentioned his his chance you know his long range effort from 60 yards when he had zvada on yeah. his right shoulder you know and then I think in the weekend he it was quite noticeable he did like a back heel in the middle of like oh yes in the, in the middle Jesus. Of the and, and got ga- and gave the ball away and, and, I, and I think it was, like it had quite a good opportunity so there's that those kind of things that like really stand out because they're they're quite noticeable whereas I think the good stuff is less less noticeable and so that's why he gets being more critical I think than he than what he deserves it's the curse of midfield, right? You know, you make mistakes in midfield and it can, it can turn
3: into a great chance down the other end. It's You get so many more touches that, you know, percentage-wise, you're probably not making that many mistakes. But because there's so many touches, they do add up if you to count them in raw terms. And that's just life in midfield, I guess.
1: Let's change tack, because I think we've uh, given him a lot of uh, coverage. Um, we mentioned uh, Tim Payne getting very far advanced. He got very far advanced and managed to absolutely smash one in with that left pick. I, I've not seen him using that left with any any real vigour before, but he certainly can get the laces through it when he gets close enough. Well, he used it last week in wrist, so he's,
0: he's obviously getting a bit better. Um, the exact same move, you know, down the right-hand side, cut in and smash it with your left, and he just went, shanked it a bit. I think what's helped him is, the previous years, he's kind of been caught between this kind of centre-back, right-back, which is it. And I think in terms of, you know, fitness and conditioning, those are quite different positions. And I think this season he's gone into the pre-season knowing he's going to be a right back. And he's obviously, I think, probably got quite a different, you know, regime to help support that. And I think that's what we're seeing, why he is a better right back this year than he has been in the past is, is he, he knows that he, he's got the conditioning to bomb forward and get back and has obviously got the historical ability of of striker to to um, chip in with with some decent crosses and and some obviously a, a goal now.
1: Yeah, I I wonder if it, maybe it's having those three sixes in front of him, knowing that he's got Mo Alte who can just drop in behind him, so he can be a little more adventurous as well. Just knowing that you've got that that support and that you're not going to have to rip all the way back when you know the keeper just nails it down your wing.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, you know, I think that they're, they're starting to know their their roles and responsibilities well.
1: Hmm. Well, uh, we saw somewhat contrasting uh, efforts from uh, defenders, uh, not far apart, Uh, Payne getting forward and smashing one in. Uh, We saw, I think it was Aldred tracking back uh, and deciding he's going to do an absolute speculator back to his goalkeeper and drop kicking it straight into the middle for um, probably the easiest goal that I think, um, oh, was it? That one, or was, am I talking the... Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was it? No, it was that one, and it's not the easiest goal one has ever scored. Uh, not even the easiest goal he scored in that game, but you're right, it was an absolute gift. In his I mean, he made the easiest one
3: quite difficult for himself, but I assume we'll talk about that soon.
2: <laughs> but, but that's why it's, that's why it was the easiest one, right? Because he did make it incredibly
1: hard, and it was still the easiest goal. Oh, he cocked it up and still scored. I mean, that obviously wasn't it wasn't too bad. Um, it, what the hell was Aldred thinking? I mean, genuinely, I, I I am I am not understanding any of the mentality of someone with who's as experienced as Tom Aldred, just going, "I'm going to do a specky sliding drop kick and just nail it into my own box."
0: Yeah, I think he said in post match interview that he he just didn't look up. He just didn't see where his his goalkeeper was, and his goalkeeper dropped, you know, into the right spot straight. Well, yeah, yeah, and obviously, um, he didn't see that, or you know, was trying to reach for the pass, or, or whatever. But yeah, I mean, absolute gift, really, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, my son's team of seven and eight year olds got reamed for do, for smashing it straight back at their own box at one stage, expecting someone to just clear it out. I'm struggling with a professional player with his experience doing that. I mean, he's on the opposition, and I'm struggling with it.
0: Yeah, he had an absolute shocker, didn't he? Because he, he almost had that back pass straight after half time as well, where he, he went
1: straight past the goalkeeper and outside of the poster. It was obviously still in his mind. He was just had the yips, I think.
3: Yeah, I think I think you're right. Like he obviously didn't have a good game. But one thing about Aldred that I did want to talk about, and we kind of hinted at it earlier about um Kelly Heald being targeted this game. It was interesting to see that they um they obviously had lined up Kelly Heald for a matchup with Aldred as well on all the set pieces. Aldred was up there getting in his face, giving him a bit of niggle, trying to get under his skin and, and he's the sort of player who can give that niggle and can get under a player's skin. And I think they were hoping, you know, maybe on a quarter you might win a penalty out of that or something. You know, Kelly Hill does something dumb, grabs him, nudges him, does something dumb. And it was it was nice to see that being targeted by such an experienced kind of niggle merchant that Kelly Hill put up with that all game, you know. And, and there wasn't any issue with that. He, he he stood up to it well, which I thought was was really good to see. Because I think um, even quite experienced defenders couldn't struggle with a player like that in their ear, giving them grief and really trying to target them on every set piece and every opportunity they get. So um, that yeah, I thought that was good to see. But that said, Aldred wasn't having his best game, so maybe his maybe his banter wasn't up to scratch either.
1: I've I've got to say, Lucas Kelly Hill, um he he's quite an implacable little character. He he's he's a ginormous obviously, which helps. Little's doing a, little uh, a lot of work in that sentence, buddy. Yeah it really is, isn't it? the absolute baby face on top of that giant of a man. And even when he makes a mistake, he, what I really like is he, you know, someone gets past him. He just goes back and makes sure he gets on them and sticks, sticks that body on him good and hard. I thought that that was really interesting. He's not, you know, he's not afraid, even though he's playing out wide to get on top of someone and basically just stop them having any, any forward momentum um obviously those those legs get in everyone's way so he looks very assured I think is what I'm trying to say
3: there's a a lot to like for sure he's there's yeah rough edges for sure but playing experience is going to help polish those off there's there's yeah some really good building blocks there
1: I mean I don't think we would expect that much of even an experienced centre-back going out to play left back that it's quite a different skill set as uh Dale said it's um, so I think he's done pretty well when he's been targeted like that Um, we should get on to um, obviously Brisbane were looking to just press high play quickly and break they had a few opportunities but they didn't seem particularly ruthless Um, Miliusnich looked dangerous but uh, were we looking after him better, or was he just a little bit off his game too? They definitely had some some chances, I think. But I don't think they were the,
0: the best chances. I vaguely remember one that was straight across the six-yard box soon after half time, I think. But other than that, we contained them reasonably well to kind of outside our box. And I guess the most frustrating bit about that second goal was we had two or three chances to clear that ball, um, hmm. I think. The first header goes straight up. Yeah, okay, I can kind of deal with that one. But then I think, I think it's Pennington misses the the second header and it falls basically down to there. And then yeah. the kind of shot gets deflected. But even that before that whole sequence, I think Costa has a chance to volley it clear and he shanks it. And there's a couple other times to to clear it. So real frustrating that yeah you know, we didn't really deal with that whole sequence at all. And um but then I think you know. I think I, I can't quite tell whether it was a bit of fitness or what, but they just seem to have really lost, the, lost their intensity in that last maybe 30 minutes or so. I don't know whether they you know, went another goal down and kind of thought that was it, but they just seemed to kind of struggle to sort of press or do anything like that, and, and it kind of somewhat petered out and we sort of rolled
1: over the top of them quite comfortably in the end. It felt to me like they'd just pressed them, pressed too hard, too, too long, and just ran out of legs. I mean, the game was very um, topsy-turvy. Like, there wasn't a whole lot of hanging through the midfield. It was kind of like one end to one end. So that's going to take it out of their legs. Um, and it is a bit early this season. But, yeah, you're right. They they did seem to look a, a little shot quite early. Yeah, I actually think both
2: teams... Playing with a lot of intent in that, I really commend both teams for the intent they played. That I certainly think Brisbane were trying to get something out of the game, and they didn't. They did not give up, even though we were outplaying them. But it was, um, yeah, I think uh, they should all be both be commended for the effort they put into try and put on what was effectively a very entertaining watch. Yeah, I was just going to say it,
0: it's, it was quite a um, like a, a tactical battle, but in a good sense, like it wasn't one of those like. Tactical battles that lead to like no chances and just like a midfield slug. It was, you know, um, them trying to enforce a, 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 yeah, an approach and us playing differently, and then them trying to counter that. It was like quite, yeah, you know, as you say, quite end to end and quite a flowing game. And
1: yeah, I, I thought that one advantage we, we we had was that our we had a pretty solid bench. I mean, obviously, um, Ben Old getting on and getting some decent minutes replacing uh, Moel Tay. He's a much more attacking player. Was able to kind of take advantage of maybe those tiring legs. I thought he did really well getting about.
0: Yeah, that was the other thing I, was, I forgot to mention. Is we, yeah, it, it coincided the time that I think Old came on as well, and I, I couldn't quite tell whether his kind of more attacking, pacey sort of midfield role kind of really helped us overrun Brisbane in that, in that last half an hour. Uh, but like you say, I think yeah, he he did he did well, made
1: some some good runs and good contributions um, in his the thirty or thirty five minutes. Well, I I think he even got the assist for the cry of gold, didn't? Um, Kelly healed, volleyed it into the midfield. It might have been old, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, certainly his his energy and enthusiasm was noticeable, and I think that that that's really good to see. You know, a, a kid coming back from such long term injuries and really injecting himself we we've mentioned groves goal getting another goal again a nice little, you know nice little start to the season for him uh, he certainly looks not good and happy early on um and we've kind of mentioned uh lkh getting getting about um he sets up this fourth goal just a tidy little cross to the back post
0: i was going to say Crave's lucky he scored because he had uh, about three unmarked. Yeah, players yeah. Back 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 post. Yeah, Costa
1: Costa was unmarked, screaming up that left hand side, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, but um, I probably would have taken the shot yeah.
0: too. Well, yeah, I mean, he's got it in his locker, right? He yeah, it was like um, it was that goal against Western United last year. I think he basically did the same, but on his right foot, he kind of runs, 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 and then just opens his hips and just slot, it. you know sides foot into the. To the back post, just yeah, effortlessly. Yeah, but yeah, like the um, yeah, as header at the back post. Yeah, somewhat feel like seems a bit of a goalkeeping blunder. This one, it just kind of hung up there, and somehow he didn't get any kind of touch to it.
1: Oh, um, I've got a little bit of um sympathy for Freak because they were that um LKH was quite close in. And I think that Freak thought he'd gotten past the defender, not just to dink it over the top of him. So he was going very near post. And then he just managed to dip over the top. And by that stage, Zawada's going, I'm one on one, this is mine. Thank you very much. Um was it I think it might have been Tom Aldred again, actually. But yeah, it's, there's a there's a um on the replay you see um basically Zawada and Aldred wrestling and just wanted well, to nod it down and then Aldred goes over and stands over the top of freak and gives him the double hands like what the hell dude <laughs> it was yeah
0: he, he wasn't he wasn't happy with it was he
1: yeah yeah I, I thought that that was a it was a, a little tough on freak to just be blaming him considering you were marking the man but you know it, it's a tough ask um we we did also see um Sam Sutton come on again it's been a long time between drinks. I did notice no strapping on the knee. Yeah, I mean,
0: the last talk we had was like it was out for the rest of the season, just uh, yes, yes, rest of the year. Um, so yeah, nice to have, have him back. Dropped into midfield, mm. sporting a somewhat malarkey new haircut. I didn't really looked a bit odd uh, watching on the, on the replay. I was trying to work out he might have been one of the younger kids, uh, but um, looked a little bit, a um, little bit lost in there. Um, at times, so we should see whether he drops back to left back in the coming weeks yeah, or not. it certainly
3: didn't look a natural fit for him, did it? it? I mean, there was some work, right? There was a bit of running, but um, yeah, he looked looked a bit lost, certainly not a, a a spot you expect to see him in. But I guess it was probably about just getting some minutes in the legs, and, you know, that makes some sense, right?
1: It definitely felt like that. Um, there was a bit of, obviously, with uh, Isaac Hughes being Dropped into that back line as well. There was there was quite a lot of defending, uh, defensive uh, capability there. Someone had to kind of move forward, otherwise it would have been six back there. Uh, but it's still good to see that you know got the confidence in LKH to, to do the job and and feeling good enough that um, Sutton can do a job in that and run around a lot. Uh, we, we mentioned previously um, uh, the uh, final opportunity that fell to Oscar Zuada. Um, boy, this is, if you're going to score a hat-trick, this is one of the more embarrassing ways to do it. Um, I, I don't think he could have had it much easier and made it much harder for himself.
0: I think, doesn't the keeper get a slight touch, which changes the, the height of the ball?
1: Oh, that might explain it, it. I mean, I still I think
3: this is bread and butter, even if that's bobbling a little. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, 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 the only thing I'll say is, if you're gonna if you're gonna score a hat trick and they're gonna be shinned in like that, hopefully at least you take some confidence out of it into the next game because we need him to find some form and find some confidence. And if he if he gets that confidence through a few ugly ones and that leads to the sort of goal scoring form we've seen previously. Uh, that can only be a good thing because, yeah, this was, this was a hat-trick. You love to score a hat-trick. This isn't a hat-trick you love to score, though.
1: Well, I think it's safe to say that all three of them were defensive errors. But I think the on the upside of that, Zawada takes advantage. That That's his thing. He doesn't let the easy, you know, when he's streaming forward and maybe has to do something, uh, you know, a bit on the run, but when he's in the right place and can see that ball coming to him, he doesn't miss those ones.
0: And I think, um, as much as the five-two scoreline uh, was, you know, awesome. All that we absolutely got gift wrapped two slash three of those goals, which is yeah, not as not a good, greater performance as you know the score kind of indicates.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, them scoring. Two was kind of flattering for them, and us scoring five was very flattering for us. It felt very much like a two or three one, if you're being generous, kind of result for the quality of performance. I think. I think. But
3: as you said, it it ended up being an entertaining game, but it wasn't the best football you'll ever see. Uh, But I think. I think the positive you can take is for being a goal down after 30 seconds, we did look to see this one out. You know, we we kept. We kept fighting it till the death, even when we were behind. We worked our way back into a game, and it ends up a 5-2 result for us. You know, that's that's the sort of fight we haven't necessarily seen for a while. Often we've conceded one and kind of heads have dropped. Um, so it's good to see that that wasn't the case here. And um, my TAB account was quite quite grateful for that because I got on it at 1-0 down. And, um, yeah, it was it was good to see us actually put in that fight. You'd hope we would.
1: So uh, five two result in the bank. Um, Zawada uh, obviously probably sending Piney a, a thank you note after Piney was, I think maybe four or five times said he only ever scores one. Uh, so nice work, Piney. Love your work because uh, I'm um, no doubt he, he listens. Uh, the yet, yet, to, yet, to, yet to score a brace though. Oh yeah, that was the other thing. He is kind of like. Only scores one yet to score a brace. Oh that's out <laughs> even I can't remember what he said, but he gave, gave it the comment when he scored two as well as if well, that, that was the end
3: yeah for about for about 30 minutes he had scored a brace so that was good just just like for about 30 minutes we were the top of both leagues.
1: Yep um, props to those in the crowd singing top of the league. it was uh, lovely work um the men sitting now. On the table, they are sitting third. Uh, all on um, top four teams, all on seven, just on goal difference now. Uh, Victory, uh, who we will be playing on Friday night at nine forty-five, um, in Melbourne, uh, sitting second, same points, same goal difference. This is an interesting little matchup. Just just before we go to that.
0: Um... The last time we were unbeaten after three games was, I think, the 12 13 season, which we came last. So just uh, don't get too excited just yet.
1: Wow. thanks, Debbie Downer. <laughs> That's normally my job.
0: But as you say yes. I mean, I mean, um, yeah, great start to the season. We're going to have our annual uh, loss to Melbourne Victory. Uh, at Amy Park to
1: bring us back down to yeah. reality? I, I don't know. Normally, it's we're playing them back into form. They seem to have some form already, so I don't know what happens now.
3: Uh, we'll, we'll find some players to play back into form because they're going to have a few players oh. out at least, so there might be some replacements there. Um, So Traor is out injured. Uh, Miranda's suspended following a red card. And um, Fauna Rowley's been has to he? I don't know if there's been an outcome of that match review panel yet, right? But he... He dropped the big, are uh, you talking to me with a fish and chips call afterwards, um, which was right in front of the fourth and, and on the sideline, mic. And uh, apparently they've decided that's worthy of the match review panel. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what sort of precedent that sets, because I think a lot worse things have probably been said on the pitch many times and caught by microphones without being cited. So I don't know about that one.
0: Yeah. oh Yeah, I was, I was interested. Cause, I mean, it goes on for quite a long time. It's like 20 to 30 seconds. Yeah. Like you know, swear word laden rant, but may- maybe it's the fact that it's so close to microphone side of the pitch is-, is, what's kind of tipped it the edge. Cause like I say, when I saw he was um signed, I thought, Oh, maybe he's dropped some kind of slur in there somewhere. It just seems like a whole bunch of F's and C's. Yeah. Um. So yeah.
1: Who's the coach? Um. Carl
0: Viet. Yeah.
3: Carl Viet. So if was down injured and, and I, believe the implication was he was being called a bit soft and he should get up. And only uh, right. took exception to that and immediately got up because apparently he wasn't that injured and, and stormed over <laughs> to, to give him what for.
1: Yeah, definitely proved his point then. Um, yeah, I, maybe it's just they're trying to reduce the, the interaction between the the um, dugouts and the, the on-field. I don't know um certainly i I mean he's been cited I, I i can't imagine why they'd cite him and not take action it seems a bit weird, but you know it w- would be nice to not see uh forneroli there as you mentioned um Miranda is suspended uh and Traore is injured so interesting wee matchup. Um, uh, we match up um we're gonna speculate on this or should we just just take Dale's um, reading of the tea leaves as an as an omen to just not touch this at all
3: at this point I don't even think it's reading tea leaves it's, there's a plaque carved in stone at Amy Park <laughs> for us losing there right like you can talk up all our chances we're playing well they've got some players out it should be an interesting game maybe we're in with a chance but it's us at Amy Park
1: yep the bed must be shat Dear God, I probably shouldn't have ended there. Um, we we do have one final bit of news. Uh, as my son keeps asking me, where's uh, where's Ufuk Tele gone? Where in Europe? It turns out Sydney is part of Europe. Um, is this official now, or is it just like we we know it's happening? No, it's official. It was announced this
3: afternoon, and and honestly, I you know I'm sure people are outraged or whatever, but I I have no problem with this myself. I think um it's pretty clear he's made some attempts to go overseas um, and nothing's kind of crystallized. I think, I think he was relatively honest about that at the end of the season when he was leaving that, you know, he he wanted to be able to pursue those opportunities and um, yeah, some, some things probably, you know, some, some warm leads or whatever, but it never crystallized into a job and now the job at Sydney's up for grabs, and you know um, he'd be crazy not to take that opportunity. Why would you? Why would you sit around without a job for another six months just to just to show that you know you weren't going to go back to the A League? I think he's he's moving to a bigger club that he has a lot of history with, and and fair play to him. Um, annoyingly, he'll probably go really well and and absolutely pump us. But fingers crossed. Actually, it's a chance for the. The mentee to get one over the mentor and and chiefy, you know, maybe maybe nabbing some points against him and showing the old
0: master a trick or two, it'd be it'd be nice to see. Yeah, I, I think I remember when he when he left and he got asked, you know, would you ever coach another A League side? And I think he said something like, "Well, I can't rule it out. I need a job. Like, so it's yeah, I don't have any, you know, really any issues whatsoever. You know, he left to pursue some other options that didn't work out, and he's taking one that. Has become available recently. I don't think there's any, I don't know why anyone would be upset or about this. Like, it's not like a Mark Rudan thing where he left halfway through a contract. You know, it's it's his contract ended, we moved on, he moved on, and we eventually see each other again. Like, I, I so I'd be disappointed if one kind of gets into a sort of building contest to, about it when he comes back here because I, I, I don't think it's. I'm sure the know, forums have some thoughts <laughs>
1: I, I, let's be honest. If if he should have been booed anywhere, it should have been Sydney. I mean, he was a Sydney player. He was this assist, Sydney assistant coach. It's like if anyone has rights to go, or you've turned your back on us, it was probably them, not us. Um, so yeah, you guys make valid points. Um, but as you say, Dave, hopefully, um, hopefully, uh, Chiefy's learned all uh, all Luffy's tricks and probably uh, knows that all he needs to do is make sure that if gets the dryer out at, at um, halftime and that'll put the fear of God into Sydney anyway. Um, that's pretty much the end of our pod. I think uh, I can't think of anything else to go on with. Um, no other news. Uh, obviously the women's game uh, on 4 PM at Jerry Collins uh, stadium on Sunday should be a crack and turnout. Um, Get that stadium, uh, that stand full. I was about to call it stadium, the stand full there, um, and have a have a poke around and see if you can um, figure out how to take advantage of that um, shuttle or bus circuit from the railway station to the ground. And the men are playing Friday night at nine forty-five. Um, bloody awful time as usual, but you know this is this is Australia. Thanks for persisting, gentlemen. Um, Hopefully it's not too long an edit for Dale tonight, even though it's an hour and 20 in. Um, Hopefully you enjoyed all of it. Thanks for listening.